You're listening to Not Another Origin Story, the comic book movie podcast. I'm your host, Pogues, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ben Chapman. Hi, welcome to 30 Days of Podcast. We're going to talk to you for 30 days about comic book movies, and it's going to be freezing cold and um, mostly boring. And, like, days, I don't know, 10 through 26 will just disappear. Yeah, time we'll just will... just skip ahead. Time will feel very murky to you as this goes on. <laughs> and you'll be unaware that they were keeping track of the days until about day seven when they put the placard up. And you're like, oh, did I miss most of these placards or did they just start doing them? Yeah, you could divide that time is phoning it in. <laughs> or yeah, or may have just called in sick in general. Uh, we're, of course, talking about uh, the I, there's no way no, this isn't like a cult hit. Even uh, we're talking about 30 Days of Night, the comic book movie based on the comic of the same name. Uh, which I did leaf back through uh, yesterday, and it's not. This is a pretty faithful adaptation. There's a little difference in the ending, but I will say, uh, as always, I aggressively read up on my source material before recording the podcast, and yeah, I would have to agree that um, this leads to a very interesting conversation, which is not a matter of what went wrong in the adaptation, uh, because it was adapted by the, de- the dictionary definition term. It was adapted directly from the comic, except for a few embellishments. But the real question is, is how do you do it when your source material is kind of light on content, yeah. really? I mean, because the, yes. original, the original storyline of 30 Days of Night is over three just regular, straight-up comic book issues. It would barely make a trade paperback. Like, you know what I mean? It would be like, it would be like half of one. Oh, yeah. It's, it's basically two issues worth of a comic i would say maybe like 40 50 pages right which is interesting because the teenage mutant ninja turtles movie that we just covered was also based off of a comic that was pretty short i mean obviously the comic ran for a while but the part of it that they used for the movie was just the first issue which was just one issue one yeah i mean it's it's kind of in a lot of ways i don't this movie and i don't even know how to describe what's wrong with this movie i did put a note down that, uh, you know, one of the classic motifs in vampire films is sort of the idea that, like, being a vampire sucks. Not, you know, no pun intended. You know, you're constantly, <laughs> you can't die. Time is nebulous to you. And you sort of just want it all to end in a way. And I feel like maybe that's what this movie was trying to do because that's how I felt while watching it. I think it captured what it's like to be a vampire. <laughs> She's really unhappy and hoping to die. I I see what you did there, but yeah, I think vampire movies have, like, that mixed with this, like, feeling of overwhelming power and, like, uh, uh, elitism over the human species because you are now infinite and better. Um, That, I think, I think we talked about how do you talk about this movie because what we were talking about before we recorded is that this film is I mean I what would you score it I'd score it a, I would a B minus I'd say or, or or just a straight up B I would put it lower than that mm-hmm. I would say it's a C uh, obviously adjust that for the Pogues uh, cynicism scale it's about what my score was uh, I guess I don't know if it's cynicism <laughs> as I said before we started recording you cut thirty minutes out of this movie and it improves its grade by you're a right lot. you know what we're jumping everywhere so to get us back on structure let's start how we always start. Were you familiar with the comic before you watched the adaptation? Yes, I had read the comic well before there was ever an adaptation. I saw this movie in theaters. I had reread the comic before I saw it then. I remember being disappointed. I did like the small change to the ending. Uh, in the comic, uh, sort of the big 
climax is um, the guy does the same thing he does in the movie. He injects himself, but he manages to kill like 800 vampires. It's just like absurd. He's been a vampire for like 15 seconds and he like kills like this arch vampire who's been alive since like the dawn of vampires. And it's sort of just a silly thing in the comic because it's just like, it was like, oh, wow, I guess it's pretty easy to learn how to be a vampire and be really good at it like in no time. And I think the ending in this of him just killing one vampire and them sort of just being like, oh, he killed kind of our boss. Let's just get out of here. I thought that was a little better. Yeah, the one thing, again, um, but sorry to answer my own question. Um, I did, in fact, read the comic uh, without ever seeing the movie until just now. So, oh, really? So that's a different take. Uh, but I don't know if that impacts my decision or if it's just my general sunny optimism that I bring to all of these these uh, not another origin story episodes. But yeah, there were some subtle changes. But the one change that upset me uh, in regards to this movie, and I don't care if we talk in order because I think we're talking conceptually, is that early in the movie or early in the book, the core vampire is furious with these vampires, uh, his his underlings, for having done this, because it it risks them. Now, that is brought up in the movie, but not until way later. They spend way more yeah. of the movie trying to revive this like weird relationship between Josh Hartnett and uh, his, his ex-wife, Stella. Uh, that was a cul-de-sac that went literally nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is what you want uh, of... To be said of both your relationships and your movies. <laughs> the cul de sac yeah, I mean, that goes nowhere. It is insane. That whole. I th- I, I, my first note in this uh, for this movie was boy, this movie's in no hurry to get started. It's just like the most meandering or meandering, like disjointed connection of stories about people that you've just been introduced to and don't give a shit about. Uh, you, you just introduced probably my two major flaws with this film. The first being that it is uh, one hour, it is 133 minutes, 113 minutes, excuse me, which is on the long side, I would say. Oh, this movie is aggressively too long. I thought it was an hour and a half, and because I misread the timer, and like I had 50 minutes left, and I was like, oh my god, how can there still be 50 minutes left in this movie? And I was like, oh, it's two hours long. That's insane. Yeah, it's pretty intensely long for what it is. And then on top of that, you have to deal with the fact that, like you pointed out, the characters aren't super well developed. So I think we're jumping around. So to establish this, if you are tuning into this on your Thanksgiving drive, or Thanksgiving, your Christmas drive home, um, I hope it's not Thanksgiving, in which case you're probably in the year 2018 and listening to old episodes, in which case reevaluate your life. Jesus. I don't know. Maybe we got huge, man. Maybe we got real Ooh. big in 2017 and people are going back to catch up. Wait, do you mean like we got big, like the podcast got big? Or do you mean like big, like one of us like became a celebrity? Oh, or, or do you mean like big, like one of us became a horrible serial killer and now everyone is obsessed with everything about our past? I meant big, like I'm going to keep eating a, like just a whole lot of McDonald's <laughs> and just see how fat I can get. That's what I meant. I'm sorry. Now I'm just I picturing. Thought that was like a, I thought that was a clear description. Now I'm just picturing someone bursting in the room and being like, hey, you guys know that really fat McDonald's guy? He had a podcast. <laughs> yeah, remember that grossly obese, disgusting mess of a human being? It turns out for a while he bitched about movies, even though he has no backing in uh, film. You know the guy. He's got he 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 lives in the Midwest. He was drawing those. He was just like drawing tits until his fingers got too fat to do it anymore. Yeah, his drawings really suffered. He, <laughs> they were he couldn't 
make he couldn't make concise circle anymore, so what was the point? <laughs> Anyhow. What I'm getting across to you is there's a solid chance that you're listening to our newest episode because you are a diehard fan. Um, but there is a slight chance that you have not seen this movie. So to recap for you so you understand where we're coming from, 30 Days of Night uh, is a film that came out in 2007 off of a comic book miniseries of the same name that came out in 2002, so about a five-year gap between... Um, the original issues and the uh, movie version. It did pretty well in comic book form. It had a few sequels. Um, I think it got nominated but didn't win a couple of things. I don't know. It did all right. You, enough, enough that you probably heard of both it or the movie. The concept is that above the Arctic Circle, or however you refer to it, uh, at the very top peak of Barrow, which I don't know. Did you look up Barrow? It's a real place. I assumed it was. I thought the comic had actually researched something. Yeah, uh, Barrow is located literally at the very tippity-top of Alaska. I mean, it is like the furthest north point of Alaska, which is kind of intense because that's pretty fucking far. Um, When you're up that far, there is actually a literal phenomenon where uh, daylight uh, can sometimes be, uh, because of the rotation and everything, of the earth and the sun, the daylight can actually be delayed by uh, kind of a lot. Uh, I don't think it's always 30 or necessarily. I think it can be less, but it doesn't really matter. The point is that it's nighttime for a significant amount of time. Uh, during that, they use that as a concept for the comic to establish this idea that a cadre of vampires would venture up to this place that would be an other paradise because you could murder uh, uh, for 30 days <laughs> and feed and then just leave, I guess, and somehow no one would notice. I don't know. It's not a great plan. Um the the movie pretty much i mean like you can correct me on this or not pogues but it sticks to the comic book general plot points i would say about 80 to 90% of the time it's pretty aggressively yeah. on point which i, I think is, it's a, a very faithful adaptation yeah which leads me to ask that question of is that a compliment um i'm going to be honest i I remember when I saw, like, the premise for the comic, I was like, that's a great idea. Like, what would happen where vampires would never have to worry about daylight? That's kind of an interesting comic. But the problem is, is that that's it. It's like an elevator pitch for a movie, and then somebody's like, well, what happens? You're like, that's all I got. Yeah. In a town that's 30 days of night, vampires show up, they kill people, and I guess the good guys win? And that's how the movie? Yeah, I mean, you're just like, oh, that's sort of a bizarre ending. Yeah, I mean, there's just not, like, a lot going on. And the movie has the same problem because it's very faithful. I think you kind of hit it for me right there is that once you've said the one sentence that describes the plot, you have also finished the movie description. (laughs) Like you've just finished how – describing what it was like to watch the movie. You just completed – Everything. <laughs> it's yeah, sort you're of like just waiting for things to happen. You're like, well, I know what's going to happen, right? And it, it reminds me a little bit. Um, I know this sounds strange when I'm about to say it, but it reminded me a bit of Human Centipede, right? That came out huh. and in concept. I'm looking forward to see how this character. No, out. what I'm getting at is when that was announced, people were freaking out, and they're like, they explain the idea. Oh, it's disgusting. This weird surgeon is sewing people together in a gross way. It's going to be insane. I can't wait to see it. Now, I saw it. Not in theaters, but I saw it. Uh, that's it. Like, the thing that I just told you, end of end of excitement. That is that is all the movie accomplishes, is it does that. And you're like, okay, now what? And you're like, oh, that's all you guys got? <laughs> oh, all right. Like, that's it. 
it's yeah, like it's, they hook you the, with a premise that, that actually sounds interesting until you realize that that's all they have, which well, I think yeah, is the problem. Until you realize you're like, oh, that's a clever idea, but then you're like, but then what's the story? Like, it's a, it's a very clever setting. It's just not a very interesting like story you know what i mean like right like, oh that's really clever but then you're like well what can you really do yeah vampires are really hard to kill like you know what i mean and like the idea in the movie is nobody believes they're vampires until like four days or five days in so i don't there's like no there's just so much nothing happening and that you're just is, waiting yeah. for the wrap-up to be like well i mean they've got to win it'd be a pretty downer of a movie if it was just them destroying an entire town and they're like well see you next year you know and just left it was just it's very bizarre yeah, and it, it, it produces the concept that it's – oh, well, 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 to expand on that, it's even harder to kill them because they are like zombies, actually. They're like zombie vampires. They can be shot – I mean, I guess that's the same with most vampires, but they they function like zombies where they're basically these invincible killing machines unless you blow their head off. Like that's yeah. it. Yeah. Like, like you can shoot them in the legs and shoot them in the chest and everything, and they'll just keep going. You can run them over with a truck and they'll just like get up. Yeah, which is, like, sort of bizarre, because, like, at one point there's a scene where a guy is, like, point-blank shooting a zombie, or not a zombie, a vampire in the chest with a shotgun, and I'm like, yeah, look, I get he's a vampire, but you know what happens when you shoot somebody that close with a shotgun, right? Like, that dude's entire chest cavity is gone, like, it's just opened. I mean, he's not, it's not going to go great for him if he lives, you know, even as a, a zombie, that had to just destroy his heart. This, so isn't that enough to kill a vampire? This is also another point. This is a, a flaw in um, in in world definition. When you create a world, you have to stick to the rules that you inject into the movie. Uh, you also have to inject rules, or we don't feel connected to any of the tension. Like if we don't expect the zombies to follow rules, then we don't feel the tension when we're trying to solve how to beat them. You know what I mean? It, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just like they never really go into, and there's never like the scene where like the people are like, oh, you know, it's like implied they're like, oh, if you cut its head off, but then there's no like, there's just nothing to it, and that's what's I guess disappointing. There's no idea of them figuring out their vampires, figuring out their weakness. It's basically just like, hey, look, there's vampires. I guess we got to last thirty days. Yeah, and then you would think that because of that con that concept and the name of the film that you would have this sort of intense, like, you have, like, a 30-day structure, right? That you would move... If you're, if you're tracking time in the movie and you define your movie by this time frame, which they do. I mean, the time yes. frame is important to the entire plot. It's, it's announced clearly in the beginning. You'd think that this day structure would be sort of some sort of format where it's like, okay, we need to... By day seven, we need to have enough... We're out of food. And by this... By day, you know, 12, we need to establish how to, like, stay warm because it's the middle of goddamn Arctic. Like, we have to establish these principles and these concepts that we have to sort of work through. That doesn't happen. It's like, you know what scene in any horror movie where the good guys get away for, like, a moment and they're, like, hiding out somewhere, making their next move? Imagine that for 45 minutes. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's insane. <laughs> That's like, the problem. Like, they, they I, don't I really go anywhere. I really think they're, like, you know, it's one day until the night comes or whatever and then i swear the next time they show like a date stamp is they're like day seven and you're like well, what the heck? fuck i'm the days one through six and then it's like you said all of a sudden at one point it just jumps and it says day 27 and you're like at least 20 days have gone by and there's been no struggle these people have just been hanging out in an attic for 20 days 
and I, I'm like, these are the yeah. shittiest vampires. There's 18 buildings in this entire city tops. You fuckers can't find these people. It's insane. Like, and it's so boring. And they take away what could have been, you know, relatively interesting. I guess at least something that could have happened is where are they getting their food? What are they doing for warmth? You know, are people going stir crazy? But instead, it's just like, all right, well, we lasted 27 days. Nice job, everybody. It would yeah. be like if you went and re-edited this movie and just took those placards out, you would 100% think this was one night. 100%. There's... Oh, yeah. It's very unclear. You may think it's at best two days. One of the big problems is that in the very opening sequence, which, uh, by the way, we are ripping on this movie a lot, but there are some really good sequences in this movie. Um, short bits of time that are extremely good and really good cinematography. I know the effects weren't perfect on it, but the overhead camera shot as they pan down the road and just show this like, constant evisceration happening in all directions, yeah, that's a I shot. dug that a ton. Now, you can, you can see the strings, you can see like the CGI or the green screening of people onto this ground uh, a little bit, and that's, you know, whatever. But... Um, the, the the thing is about that is like you can see them ripping people apart and like cars are flipping, that's like eighty percent of the town right there in day one, and then the rest of like the thirty days is stalking the remaining survivors right. Yeah. So in that initial onslaught, that's when all of like, the cars are flipped over and like there's fires everywhere for some reason, and then when you fast forward to day twenty seven, there's still like cars on fire. Like that's throwing me off. Like there shouldn't be. We just had a blizzard. Like. For a week. Like, why would there just be cars still on fire? There's still people in... There's still bodies out there. And, like, blood. And they're not yeah. covered by snow. Like, the movie... The only thing telling you that time has passed is a fucking letterbox at the bottom of the screen. Which is fundamentally one of the things that makes this so confusing. Like, you built a movie around time and then you abandon it. It's kind of the narrative version of what we complain about in a lot of these movies. Which is, I'm going to introduce... A over uh, a voiceover narration for the beginning of a movie and then kill it for the rest of the movie. It's a strange way to do it. <laughs> yeah, it's it is a very questionable. I, I, there's just a lot of weird things I think in this movie that just like dumb choices that I just do not get. I, I yeah, let's just start. I guess maybe going through the movie a little more. Like I thought, did you think the beginning was very weird? Where it's like they can't figure out that someone's clearly cutting off all their means of communication. I it thought, takes them forever to realize what's going on. I thought Hartnett would figure it out faster than he did. He seemed smart. Like they built him to be, you know, the reliable, like uh, uh, clear-headed protagonist. But yeah, he finds a pile of burnt cell phones. The, uh, the the only communications tower is destroyed. Um, most a lot of a couple a bunch of vehicles are found gutted, and then all the sled dogs are killed. Like that, those four things happen in like what seems like an hour. And, yeah, I, and he it's crazy. Like, seem, yeah, when, when he finds all the phones, he's not. A, he's like, it must be kids. It's like that's a very elaborate prank that is well, extremely dangerous for everyone fair, involved. He argues that it's not teens because. They would have like left a message or something, and he just. But then he just looks off in the distance and has no like follow up <laughs> pitch. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's just like it's very bizarre. Like the time it takes them to figure it out is too late, and I mean it's I don't know, like. Well, well, here's the thing. Moving from that plot point, we're slowly introduced into the core characters that will drive the movie. Now, what this should be like is like a Romero movie, because the Romero movie by and large, are boxed movies. They take place a lot like this movie, where everyone's trapped in a place for 
a long period of time. Yeah. And, and that should be boring, but it isn't. There's a bunch of movies like that. Uh, the Mist is like that. You know, there's a lot of movies where... The Happening. Uh, uh, the, the later half of 28 <laughs> Days Later. Not The Happening! <laughs> the later half of 28 Days Later. The remake of Dawn of the Dead. Like, the conceit is that you are trapped by this threat. Now, this is a little more dangerous because these things can just, like, rip your wall apart and come into the house. Like, you can't just, like, hang out in the yeah. wall. But that you, you the, the framework exists and it has been successful to build a movie where everyone's trapped mostly for the whole movie yet are still interesting. These characters that we're being slowly introduced to, which includes Hartnett, his wife, um, uh, 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 the guy from the guy from uh, uh, the the motorcycle gang TV show that I forget the name of right now, Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, yeah, Mark Who Boone Jr. Who's the guy Jr. from Son of a- Sons of Anarchy? He's the uh, hairy guy with like the big truck, like the big. He gets like oh, ticket. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't. I was just like, wow, that guy is he's, probably he's Bo or something. Yeah, he's he's fucking great in Sons of Anarchy. Uh, he's fantastic. Uh, I can't remember his name, unfortunately, but he uh, he is quite quite good in this and in uh, he's uh, Bobby Bobby Elvis in Sons of Anarchy. To clarify, if there's some fans out there, um, yeah, so we're introduced to them. Fans. We're introduced to, you know, uh, 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 Hartnett's brother and his mom, and like, and we're, th- we're supposed to be like, all right, here we go. These are the characters we're going to latch on to. They're all the same person. They're all just like... Did you also not realize that that woman was supposed to be Josh Hartnett's mom for a while? Because I was like, all of a sudden I was like, oh, wait, that was supposed to be his mom? Like, because I was just confused. Or it might have been their grandma. I, think I it could was never the, exactly it, figure it, out what... It might have been their grandma. Not. I may have misspoke, but... But um, the conceit is that we're supposed to be introduced to these characters, and then we're going to ride these characters to the end of the movie. This is going to be our like, our our, our narrative trait, and it, it just doesn't fucking happen, man. They're so boring. Like the grandma's like, I smoke weed. That's pretty cool. And the little kids, of course, is just a little weasel. And uh, Bo disappears for the entire first act. Uh, uh, Stella, uh, who's Josh's like ex-wife, it just seems to have a permanent frown and offers no other. Uh, you know, emotions. And that's not to say these people do bad acting, right? Like, the performances just, yeah, I mean, are strong. It's good when you've been given nothing. Yeah, there's, there's no... only so much you can do with nothing. Because here's the challenge that always works. Describe... So, so some of these characters work and some don't. Describe Josh Hartnett's character to me. Like, like he's... He's a cop who, <laughs> I guess, is really big into family, it seems, it later in the film, but he doesn't seem that at all interested in his brother or his grandma. And his wife left him for question mark reasons. And his ex-wife? What do you think of her? Uh, she is apparently a fire marshal who left her husband for question mark reasons and uh, is a woman. <laughs> I see. You think that we're kidding, but we're not. Like This, you know, is, yeah, this is not a joke. You just asked me these questions, and literally I was like, you know what? I don't think I can describe these characters. As I was trying, I was like, He's I... not kidding. Bo drives a truck. Yeah, also... Bo is, is curmudgeon He's a grouch and looks vaguely like a bear. Not like, I, mean, I guess, kind of like a hairy gay man. But I mean more like he literally looks kind of like a bear. <laughs> we're animal. also introduced to Billy, who's a family man. And he seems to be Josh Hartnett's character's best friend, right? His they deputy, seem to be, I think. Right? Yeah, they seem to be extremely close. I got He's, the... You might recognize him from the Spartacus TV show. Oh, yeah, he was great. Yeah. Oh, shit, I didn't realize it was I really weird seeing him. him wearing so many clothes. <laughs> I love Spartacus, by the way. It was a good show. That's what Spartacus. Sad about that guy. Um... But to, 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 to recount, Billy is introduced like he's like 
uh, Shane to Rick Grimes, right? Not even yeah. just because they're sheriff and deputy, but because they like they seem to have like a close relationship. He's or introduced as if he's Chewbacca to Han Solo. Yeah, You're actually, like, this guy's this is definitely a... going to be in the rest of this movie. We're naming actually like like functioning like narrative pairs, but you know who they reminded me of? And I don't remember their names, but the two protagonists of uh, of um, Tremors. <laughs> No, those guys have better chemistry. I know, but that's like the vibe I got that they were going for. Whether they're just like, they're, they work together, but they're friends, and they do anything, they have each other's back. was the issue. Like, the start of the movie starts, and you're like, okay, all right, this guy's got an ex-wife. I don't really get why I care about that. But this dude's like his buddy, so this is going to be like a two-hander. You know, like, that's what they call like a Hollywood movie where it's like a pair, like Lethal Weapon or right. Starsky, that sort of thing. They, so I'm like, oh, okay, these two dudes are going to be the core. They're going to be like... It's been so long since I've seen this movie, too. I couldn't remember what happened. But I was like, they're going to be like our team. You know, they're going to be the people who are going to hold what's left of the town together, and they're going to have to make the hard choices, and they're going to be sort of like the, the team. Well, after like a scene where the guy goes home, you just don't see him again until the end of the movie. And I was just like, what the fuck happened to that guy's character? He's, he's just gone. Why was he in the beginning of the movie? He skips an hour. He's gone for an entire 64 minutes. He's gone. He, yeah. They spend I mean, eight. It's... They spend a fair amount of time talking about it in the beginning, and they establish he has a family. So they give you a reason to empathize with him, and then they they wipe him out of the script for an hour. He returns. He's murdered his family. A scene that we didn't get or even get reference to. You know, no, I don't want to see him kill children. As but... to when he killed them, right? Like, did he kill them? 18 days in when he realized they were just going to starve to death and be either starved to death or be killed by the vampires? Or did he kill them like that afternoon when they first showed up? We get none of that. And then Josh Hartnett is like, what the fuck, dude? Why would you kill your family? It's like, well, I mean, in his defense, (laughs) like, it's not great out there, bro. I would probably rather my children die peacefully than to be ripped apart by monsters. It's strange. But even so, whichever is the right call, I wanted to see it. Or see the call being considered, or something. Yeah, like give me a piece of it. Like you just—it's—it's it's like the movie's pitch alone. You're just throwing me an emotional conceit without playing it for me. You're just like telling me about it, and yeah, well, you know, it's, it's, it's show not tell is what it is. You're telling me. You're telling me he killed his family, and he's sad about it. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> but then, what, like, what's craziest too is like when they are like they're flashing, they're like it's Billy or whatever his name is. I was like, who the fuck is Billy? I had forgotten I forgot. his character by the time yeah. I got him back. I was like, who is this guy? There's no character left. And I was at first for a second, I was like, are they saying the dude who was in the explosion lived and like moved into the house? I was like, wow, that guy's hard more hardcore than that. And then they got there, and I was like, oh right, the Spartacus oh, guy. Oh, it's Crixus. Oh, and then they're just okay. like, he's like, I killed my family. And then the gun jammed, and I was just like, wow, you didn't have like a knife. What's <laughs> your wrist, bro? I, or just go outside. <laughs> this is there's some vampires that'll handle it for yeah, you. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, like, <laughs> if, you wanna, if you don't want them to kill you, I mean, you've got to have a steak knife somewhere. <laughs> also, what have you been eating for thirty days? Yeah, it's not – again, none of this is clear. What would be entertaining is to see the varied reactions people would have to this crisis. You're trapped in your home. You maybe find some way to hide, which isn't clear because it seems like the main characters are forced to get up in their, into an, an attic and stay, which they do for like four days. And then they all fight about it and no, leave No, I think they're like up, I think there for like 15 days. Maybe that's it. Because Either they way, they don't really show another placard until it says day twenty-seven, and that's when they've run off to the police station. That's true, but the thing is, is they don't explain, like, 
like they had to hide somewhere very secret. They they, they, they spend a good amount of the movie deciding to hide there on purpose. Uh, Billy appears to have just killed his family in his master bedroom, and yeah. he's just there. He's just been hanging out there and has enough time to just keep an eye on what's going on in the town around him. Yeah, he has like you tons know? of info. He, he about realizes they're at the, the police station and uh, sends a little like flashy message to him. So it's like, wait, he's like that up to date on what's happening in the town. <laughs> And the vampires, it's not established until later, which it shouldn't have been, that the vampires um, change the course of their actions in the comic about midway through. Like, their their leader shows up, and they say, okay, you are idiots. Like, you thought this was like a buffet? You fucking idiots. We have been in secret for fucking centuries, and you blew it but what, with this what little bullshit. But what does not work at all to me is, in the comic, it's, another, uh, it's like a head vampire, like an old vampire who shows up and is like... What the fuck? You, you know, you can't do this. You know how long it took us to trick them into thinking we didn't exist and now you've done this? And he, like, kills some of the vampires. And he's like, now we have to burn the whole city down because we need it to look like an accident. In this, the guy's like, hey, you know, we've made him forget we exist, so we got to take care of this. And it, he appears to be the one who orchestrated it. So it's very confusing why all of a sudden he's like, oh, by the way, we have to make this look like an industrial accident. Because we, you know, like, as if he's, like, blaming the rest of them. And it was very confusing. Yeah, the concept of vampires doing a murder cover-up that that encompasses a whole town is way cooler than just a bunch of snarling, like, zombies that are fast and varying levels of strong. Because sometimes they lift cars. Sometimes they jump buildings. Other times they're easily pushed over or picked up <laughs> and quickly murdered. It is. They, they have a very confusing and hard-to-figure-out uh, <laughs> power base weakness motivation i mean it, it's I, I like i like we have said i mean it, it's just such a wasted opportunity and like the vampires i didn't get what was going on like i guess they were trying to make them look like the artwork which was done by ben Tamlesmith, and he has that real weird art style but all of the vampires have like really weird features like the bald dude has like really big cheeks and like kind of a pointy head and then that woman has like a spy versus spy nose like, it, like, comes from her – she has, like, no bridge in her nose. It just goes from, like, forehead straight down. And I assume that was supposed to be, like, oh, they're monstrous. But then I didn't really get that because the head guy just looked a lot like he always does in every movie except for just with weird teeth. Yeah, and she had, like, animal eyes. Yeah, it, it, but, like, none of that's explained. There's no – there's, like – I guess one of the things you like sort of – to me, I guess for vampire movies, it doesn't really work for zombie movies, but like vampire movies, you always want to be like, well, where'd the vampires come from? What, what happened to them? You know, what's going on? They're just like, vampires are real. They speak some sort of weird language, which is mostly them just going, Argh! like a, some sort of bird, and occasionally speak German, because I guess they're Nazis. It's and, like backwards. Uh, it's like reverse German. I don't know what it is. Yeah, at the very end, he says one thing in German, and I was like, wait, has this guy been German the whole time? Because I don't know a lot of German, but none of those other words were German. <laughs> Classic German. Yeah. Uh, uh, the other thing that's – I think you just kind of forgot to mention it, but she has, like, weird, like, animal, like, angled, like, black eyes, and everyone else has, like, irises and shit. I don't – Yeah, well, her and the guy with, like, the pudgy cheeks, their eyes are, like, tilted at, like, a weird angle. I don't know – like, you know what I mean? They, like, go up, like, cat's eyes. Yeah, like their eyes kind of like peek up towards their forehead, which is not like a thing humans' eyes do. And it's very weird because you, you kind of wonder. You're like, well, they're dressed like ordinary people, but they do not look anything like ordinary people. And their mouths are not just like fangs. 
they're like wire teeth. Like their teeth look like really sharp pieces of wire. They look feral. They look like feral, like Nosferatu vampires. But then some of them just look like dudes with pointy incisors. Well, some so, of them just sort of look like they're extras from a Rammstein video. Yeah, I think <laughs> all of them do. But the thing is, that could work if you gave us context. If you said sometimes the virus affects people differently and they become more feral and others don't and they can sort of be our operatives you, you know what i mean like if you just even though yeah. it's not imper- imperative this movie if you told me there was like a hierarchy or like mutations of this weird virus i'd be like "Ooh, cool world building but they don't attempt anything the main villain just stomps around in a trench coat looking like gape jawed at people uh and growling and then everyone else just sort of like leaps around like underworld vampires uh and and just sort of snarls and it's just fucking it's it's lame yeah <laughs> it's, and i mean it's boring like, what's but like the problem is is like all right maybe it sounds weird that we're like well how are these people in this village that has no communications going to find out about vampires and you're like yeah okay but the issue is when your movie is two hours long you better have fucking something going on. They better find like an old book or some shit because otherwise you're just watching nothing happen. I mean this movie I felt like after the like the scene where they kill everybody in the village, the director watched the dailies and was like, whoa, too much shit just happened. Let's slow this back down for about 45 minutes because yeah. nothing happens for 45 minutes. It's just the slowest, boringest, uninteresting conversations – you know, it's like at least like in Night of the Living Dead, there's like, you know, you're meeting the people in there. and They're sort of having like their own, even though they're being attacked, you know, the one guy's kind of a racist. And, you know, you're getting like, you're like, oh, this is kind of interesting. The most they get is one of the guys has his dad with him and he has dementia. And that's, that's not even yeah, really played up. It. His dad just eventually just leaves. He doesn't like give away their position. There's nothing interesting. So it's just like such a waste. And it's so fucking long. So here's here's a question then, because obviously we're you know we're about half an hour into this podcast episode and we've done nothing but trash this movie except for the occasional nice word. What were scenes that worked? Because I think we we both established, I mean probably me more than you, that this movie wasn't a disaster. I didn't hate it necessarily, and I didn't I I, I fell asleep. I will admit when I first tried to watch it. But I was gonna say I, I think its biggest problem is not that it's bad. It's pacing. It's so long. So and so poorly paced. If we agree it, that that it's it lacks a little depth, its pacing is slow, and it doesn't necessarily follow its own logic. So that's that's established. There are parts that I liked, right? Were there part what, what parts like, stood out to you as like as as of, of repute? I, I didn't mind like the beginning, like where they were kind of trying to set up people, but it was so like I, I don't know. It was like I didn't mind. I was like, this isn't bad. You know, I don't, I think Josh Hartnett's a good actor and some of the stuff he was doing with like his family. I was like, this is all right. I mean, like you said, the overhead shot works great of them destroying the village. I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, I don't know. I'm having a hard time thinking of, I'll tell you what I I like. I guess the action scene with the trencher was kind of cool. Where he's like driving around, like splitting them in half, but that ends. So like comedically stupid that, I, it kind of just ruined it. I was just like, oh, this is no longer interesting. I, not necessarily for me. It was a little bit of an ending that was strange, but I super loved this scene. So to clarify, um, uh, our man from Sons of Anarchy gets in an industrial-like pipe cutter, I would assume, of some kind. Cause it's yeah, like a it just town. digs trenches. A trench, a trench yeah. digger. And so it's got this huge... Like a like aggressive like chainsaw looking grommet machine off the front of it like massive thing. It's a big cat tractor, and they he's got like a back to it 
where they could jump up, but they think about that, and he puts bear traps in it, which is great because one of them jumps up and just like loses a foot and just falls off. I'm yeah, like, he that's... falls off and he's being dragged behind because the guy took the time to like yeah, yeah, it's I was like, wow, that's fucking great. And he's just got a shotgun and he's just like taking us a pause every now and then to kick the door open and blast a zombie. Or, or I see he hits what it feels like zombies, blast a vampire's head clean off, then just like say ah fuck you and just keep driving. It's it's kind so good until he good. drives into the hotel. Yeah, it seems like he's got like a plan where like the hotel's got like oil in it that he's going to ignite. Yeah, I was expecting the hotel to like explode when he because it also didn't make sense. He's like welcome to borrow, and then he just drives in the hotel, and I'm like, well, you didn't kill anyone then. You just gave like a one liner for driving into a stationary building that really had nothing to do with the invasion. Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit of a strange follow up. Uh, Josh Hartnett's just sort of like running around. Uh, uh, there's a one moment where earlier in the movie we see a, a husband and wife who aren't necessarily attached to the core plot, but we kind of learn a little bit about them, and then they're you know summarily murdered in the middle of, of like staring out the window, not sure what's going on yet. Um, but we just see the wife pulled under a trailer or like a I don't know whatever housing piece. Yeah, for some what... reason all the houses are on. They all have like a that's probably like a, a two and a half foot crawl space. I don't get why, but uh, maybe it's like a maybe maybe it's because the heat's under. I don't know. Uh, it's probably like an Alaska thing. But uh, he loses his wife under one of those things, and then he himself seems to get pulled under. But it's unclear what happens to him. I don't quite understand how he's still alive when they find him. But they establish that the zombies are told not again vampires. vampires. This is this is why this movie didn't succeed at selling me on vampires. It's established early on that the vampires are not allowed to turn anyone. They're supposed to kill everybody. So they have to, like, fully rip them to fucking shreds. Uh, they find this guy, and he's still alive. And Hartnett pulls him out, and I'm just thinking, because this isn't really in the... the I think there is a scene like this in the comic, but he's just like, oh, he's fine, takes him back. And then as he starts to walk, he starts to turn, which honestly, weirdly, didn't see coming. Uh, even though it felt the obvious, from, I, the guy from underneath had all he, he had been turned the whole time. Oh, had he? He yeah, he got tur- that's like that was supposed to be how he was still alive because at first oh, when they showed him, yeah. I was like, how the fuck did this guy live in Alaska in like basically just a sweater? <laughs> yeah, okay, fair point. So this guy got turned and has just been like laying under this like this like fucking house. But again, I would I wouldn't mind seeing that too, like seeing. Like 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 the movie like leaving the protagonist to check in on him or something I don't know but this, the narrative structure should have allowed us to learn more about these stories than it gave us because that guy and that scene was super interesting to me but uh, didn't like it was such a short like blip on the overall arc of the of the plane sort of of this movie so um, but like I said these these individual moments were good. And there was a lot of great shots of cinematography. There's another shot later on in towards the end of the movie when they're hiding again under one of these trailers, actually. Um, and they see this, like, kid just, like, walking down. He's in, like, adorable, like, kid winter wear. And his face is just covered in blood. And he's just, like, catatonic walking down the street. Such a good shot. I would freeze frame that and, like, and like save it. Like, it was just a really good framed shot. Um, that plus was they, also a, a girl... You oh, was it? Fucking gender-guessing bastard. I'll admit I was moving a little fast to do this movie. <laughs> I was jumping a bit. I didn't realize it until later they said the child's name, and I was like, oh, that's a girl's name. I thought they also... said Caleb, but that was not what they were saying. 
I also like that they pulled the saturation way down in this movie to sort of try and like maybe I, I think it felt like they were trying to like match Ben Templesmith's sort of like uh, color color palette that he uses in the book. I think they were trying to also just make it look dark. Yeah. You know I mean? Yeah. I think they were just like, well, we'll like color balance everything down, make it all cool colors, and that'll just make the movie seem darker than it is. Well, here's a fun concept. Do you know why they had to aggressively maybe darken the movie? Do you know where it was filmed? Oh, it was probably filmed in like a Hollywood backlot. It was filmed in New Zealand. Wow. They had so all that snow. They had to like you know make out a Hollywood like I don't know. Oh, I was going to say the snow in this movie is aggressively not real. Yeah, like like this is like one of those times where you're just like, what they film this at the mall where they have Santa, the scene where she's laying underneath of the car at the end of the movie and the snow around them. I could not believe. I was like, you guys can't make fake snow look any better than this. This is clearly just styrofoam, and it's just been cut up. It looks so unnatural, and you put it like right in the shot. I that part I was. That's when I realized I was like, oh man, they filmed this entire thing on. Which I, you know, I mean, you knew they filmed it on a set. They burned the entire thing down. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, but it 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 doesn't help them with their concept of their two big conceits are thirty days of night and strict strict like freezing temperatures and arctic like isolation it's kind of ruined when when you gotta fake the snow and you ignore the 30 day concept yeah i and like the movie takes 30 days i'll give it that you just <laughs> don't see any part of it Ooh, yeah you're saving on that zinger huh no i just came up with that one <laughs> let's talk about a character we haven't mentioned though because i'd like to get your opinion um yep. What'd you think of uh, Ben Foster's character, the guy who apparently is working for the vampires? The stranger? Mm-hmm. Waste of my time. Who do you think on, like, the first day of shooting was just like, can you do the stupidest accent you can possibly think of? It doesn't need to sound like you're from anywhere. Make it sound like you're constantly forgetting the English language. Well, like, the problem- why does he talk the way he talks? It, it, there's no reason. It's, it's, it's so annoying. It's very strange, and it would make more sense if the stranger was a vampire, which is what he is in the comic, by the way. This is yeah. this is one of the vampires, just like strolls into town. Again, part of the conceit that some of them apparently look normal, and some of them look like they're made of like jaguar-like teeth. Um, but he's just like in town. He gets arrested. Uh, he would probably just slaughter Josh Hartnett, except for the fact that he knows he can't start the killing yet. Um, he has to wait. So he just, like, goes with the idea that he's been captured and, like, gets put in prison. But then, yeah, then he just, in the comic, he breaks out and becomes, like, the first zombie, they, or the first, goddamn, the first vampire they encounter. But in the in the movie, he's just, like, a guy who apparently wants to be one. And I would super like to know his story, why yeah, he knows about vampires just, and wants to be one why really badly. Why won't just turn just him? Because there's just, like, like, little things like that you, like, he was like, oh, I just lied to you. We're not really going to turn you to be a vampire. It's like, okay, but why? Like, yeah, why? Does because benefit the story at all to kill this guy? Because no. you have a, you have like a five, like a five-year-old fucking girl in your in your crew. <laughs> like, yeah, like it makes no sense. Like while watching that scene, and then they come in and kill him. My first thought was, this dude did not need to be in this movie. Nope, he serves no purpose, and he's just written out in the middle. He's basically there just to be like, they're coming for you. They're vampires. And you're just like, oh, okay, I could have really gotten that information in a number of other ways that did not require some of the worst acting I've ever seen. Also, also, the vampires don't need a herald. In fact, they probably would prefer that they didn't have one because yeah. 
part of the plan is utter secrecy until the final moment where they kill everybody? Yeah, it just was such Why a- are you here? Why didn't I learn more about you? Why didn't you get turned into a vampire and then Josh Hartnett sees you and is like, oh, I should have got you when I had the chance. And Yeah, it should have, he should have been Chekhov's Ben Foster. You know? Like, <laughs> yes. In the beginning when, he's like, when that guy's like, oh, the muffin monster, I was like, all right, well, somebody's fallen in that by the end of this movie. That, like, industrial, like, grinder, which I don't know what the fuck its purpose was in general. <laughs> Chekhov's grinder? I just yeah. like that idea now. <laughs> Every time something is shown, it's... Chekhov's grinder. I actually wrote in my notes. I was like, "Ooh, Chekhov's grinder. I bet you that'll come back at the end." And, and to be clear, I mean the 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 meat grinder. I don't mean Chekhov is on the app grinder. I just want to be clear here. He may be. I don't want to judge. You know? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what he gets up to in his free time. It's not my business. Uh, so, but I mean, like bringing <laughs> Foster in and the the cop buddy. There's no reason for either one of them to be in the movie. Like when they well, brought back the cop buddy. I actually wrote a note that just said, why do we bring Billy back for this? They he dies find him, four days. runs he... away, comes in, gets attacked by a vampire, dies. Movie, like, that's it. He, I mean, I know they needed somebody to be infected, so what's-his-name could withdraw the blood. But, I mean, that could have been anybody. They could have just had a, zo- a vampire show up and he cut its head off. Uh, also, we skipped something here, too. Do you remember when they created a plan to get the UV lights and then did it once and then quit? Well, because the vampires figured out they could just turn off the generator. It wasn't a great idea, and it probably would have been more interesting like if they'd been like, let's get to Grandma's, and we'll put this on the trencher, and then we'll drive the trencher out to this place, and it's like a vault. We can seal it from the inside. Like, something. And, and apparently, too, anybody can just walk out to that steelworks or whatever the hell it was called. Yeah, it's just like four feet from town, apparently. <laughs> well, like, they go to get Billy... They're in the house for 30 seconds. They come back to the police station. Like, they couldn't have been gone more than an hour. And those people were like, they're dead. We have to leave. Like, why yeah. did you leave the police station? It makes no sense. They, it was just like, they're like, we don't really need a scene of them all walking out there to the utility door or whatever it was called. Uh, I, I could not figure that out in my mind. I was just like, why was this? Why did they all just leave? And then I was unsure whether or not that old lady lived who was with them. Because she just disappeared at the end of the movie. Billy yeah. punches her, or that vampire punches her, and then she's just never seen again. And I was like, I guess she's dead, possibly? Yeah, and then to wrap down the film after a series of... Well, here's another thing I want to talk about. The the kills in this movie. All right, so you're, you're delivering us a zombie-like vampire horror movie. So the kills have rated to R. be... Rated R. That's an important thing, I think, that needs to be mentioned. The kills have to be intense. Uh, or at frank- least interesting frightening uh tension building you know what i mean but most of the deaths besides the mass killing at the beginning which is pretty riveting uh for even for how short it is every subsequent death of the survivors is mostly just someone being like walking down an alley and being like boy this sure sucks and then they just get jumped on by like a a vampire from a roof and and what's interesting is is when the vampires kill them it's like um you ever see like a parent like do like raspberries to their kid? You know, like <laughs> like you. Arr, and stuff. Yeah. They yeah. basically just put their head, their face into like their neck, and then just shake their head back and forth. And I don't understand how they're getting nourishment from that. <laughs> like, couldn't they just suck the blood out? They waste a lot of. There's a ton of blood all over the streets, dudes. You're wasting. So, and, and it. Worth, like this movie says it's like you know rated R for violence, but when you're watching it, most of the violence is just laughable. And there's only one just, big one, which is which is Billy losing his head, which is insane, because Billy just yeah. comes back on this movie and he gets turned 
and he like Josh Hartnett has to axe him to death, but for some reason the movie just creates a still shot on this fucking guy. I mean, he gets chopped with an axe until his head topples off, and it's gross. And I'm like, why did you choose to do all the gore right here? Why? Yeah. I don't get it. It's unpleasant. It's like The Walking Dead sometimes, the the, the show, where like they'll just like show you something horrific that they don't need to because the conceit of it is enough to be scary. I don't like I'm not against gore, but its application has to be with like some understanding of what you're doing. It's not at all applied here. Like there's no moment like in like the thing when like the gore is like because the alien has morphed into something like inhuman that like really unsettles you. The gore is just like Josh Hartnett murders a guy with an axe for 20 solid seconds and the camera doesn't cut. Like, I don't get why that's great. And then, like, most of the... I found, like, most of the special effects kills, like, when they're shooting the vampires, it was so poorly done that it was... Like, when they shoot the one guy, in the, the one vampire in the head, the first time they do it, he shoots him with just, like, a snub-nosed pistol and the vampire's head just, like, evaporates. Yeah. Like, it, it just turns, like... It's a poorly done CGI back of a head, and then his head's just gone. You're like, what the fuck just happened? And that's like all of the vampire kills. They get shot, and they either like explode, or they come apart. or There's just nothing to any of the violence. That It's not interesting. It's not gruesome, like, like, you know, unsettling to watch. It's just boring. Yeah, I think that sums up a lot of what we have to say about this movie. That being said, if it's if it's on TV, I don't know. Would you recommend it if it was playing somewhere? Like, uh, that you could just watch it. If you're like super into vampires, or you have read the the comic, maybe watch it. But honestly, it's so long and so boring parts that I can't be like, yeah, you should go watch it. Like if you are interested after hearing us talk about it, sure. But that can't be possible. <laughs> if you're yeah, I was gonna say if I mean if you're just looking for something to do for two hours there's a thousand better movies to watch than this i'm not saying this is not like in a situation where it's like um, avp where not only is it boring and bad this is like a fine movie it's just so boring and it's almost in a way more annoying because you're like ah, they really could have done something good here they just didn't yeah yeah they could have they could have i mean think of something like um 28 days later which by conceit is 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 in the ballpark. Obviously, zombies, vampires, I know. But the, the conceit being that you're fucked. You're just like, there's so much danger that you're barely able to scrape by. And you spend most of your time just hiding. And, like, with the threat just sort of outside the walls or whatever. Yet that movie is still one of my favorites. Uh, and I, I, I could watch it over and over, and I, I consider it super riveting. Nah, this movie is in that ballpark. This movie's in in that ballpark, but it doesn't get even like a, a whiff of that. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just it loses like all of the interesting parts of a sort of like box movie. The idea of like a a movie that has to take place in a set area and you can't leave. It loses any of the interestingness because there's so little interaction between the characters. Their motivations seem to be all over the place. Uh, it's just it's weird. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I will say... I, uh, I, I think we can we can probably just cap it out on, huh, it's weird, not great, I don't know. That's it. That's yeah, all. I was going to say, do you have Put it on else? the poster. <laughs> no, I, that's it for me. Well, if I was to put a tagline, it would be, this movie should have been 90 minutes. That would have been my tagline. <laughs> 90 minutes of stuff. 
Yeah, just 90 minutes. Also, I, I did put down... Uh, <laughs> did you notice the Risk product placement? I thought that was a bold move by the people at Risk. <laughs> people, The people at Risk really wanted to attach it. They said, whatever Josh Hartnett does next, I want our game in it. I picture they went to a movie studio and they're like, what do you got lined up? Because we'd li- really like to get Risk into a game. <laughs> do you think they had to like, like, oh, we have this one about Josh Hartnett reconnecting with his ex-wife. Um in in uh in the in, in the in the cold and they were like yeah i like that it's like a, like a family vibe and they're like oh yeah there's also this, this, yeah there's kids in it there's a little girl yeah he's dealing yeah. with his brother and his grandma smoking pot and it's rough because he's like the sheriff so he's got to deal with that also there's vampires what was that <laughs> uh, no, no, i don't vampires uh, also, also, there's, there's 60 did... minutes of vampires and josh hartnett kills Crixus with an axe and, it, and hits him so hard in the neck that his whole head pops off also, also, a good portion of the film takes place in an attic where nothing happens. All right, well, we'll just put you down for some product placement. Risk, 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 risk. risk. <laughs> I did. There was one more thing which I thought was weird. I just want to mention the scene when the two people are coming out, the three people are coming out of the pipeline, and it seems like they're like doing rock paper scissors to see whose house they're going to go to to have a three way. Totally. Is that Wait, not what, what seemed like? I, all I can no, think I didn't get was, that at all. I was like, man, these vampires are real cock blocks. You know, they come down and just grab one of the guys. I'm <laughs> like, let him go home. You can get him tomorrow. But I think that's it for my notes. Ben, would you recommend people watch it? Uh, I think a very similar, a uh, cautious recommendation. If this is available to you and you have a particular inkling towards vampires, I think you'll find something here to enjoy. Um, Again, the scenes, there are particular scenes that are good. The cinematography is on the whole really interesting and entertaining. Uh, the plot is just poorly paced and the characters kind of lame. Oh, real quick, what'd you think of that ending, though? We didn't talk about that, where Josh Hartnett turns into... Liked it. Okay. Well, me and Ben are no longer doing this podcast. <laughs> Goodbye! I kid, it's a terrible ending. I hope uh, if you guys do watch it, maybe you enjoy I don't know. Uh, next week, we'll, of course, be covering any... Viewer submitted, viewer, listener submitted questions or comments about this movie or anything else. You can leave them at facebook.com slash NAOSpod or tweet at NAOSpod. We'll read those on the mini episode. We will not have an episode next week during the, the week between Christmas and New Year's, so everybody enjoy their holidays. But we'll be back next year with a mini episode and be right back on the horse for more comic book movies. Uh, until then, Ben, is there anything you want to say before we go? No, except I want to make a movie that's called 326 Days of Day, which is just the vampires sitting in a basement somewhere really 